It's the first year of the ACC SEC Challenge, and we finally have all the details laid out. Who's going to win this inaugural challenge before both of these conferences get absolutely wacky with new teams next season? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in to this episode to get information about your teams every day. This episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Folks, we're continuing in our conference preview series. We'll be previewing every single college basketball Division I conference, all 32 of them. The uh, six power conferences, they're all getting 30-minute shows, along with four others, West Coast, A-10, AAC, and Mountain West. But we are given at least two segments to every single conference. And today, that is going to be the SOCON. Going to be a great conversation, trying to see if Furman can run it back. We'll get there in a little bit. But first, we need to talk about all the details of the inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge. We already knew the matchups, but now on Monday afternoon, we got all the details laid out for us. We know what time, what day, all of that good stuff. So what I'm going to do for those of you watching is pull up this schedule so that you can see it. This is uh, put out by the ACC on Monday. So you can see it popping up there on your feed for those of you watching. If you're not watching, no worries. I'll talk you through all this. Um, so it, keep in mind, by the way, the ACC is releasing their conference schedule finally tonight, Tuesday night, if you're watching this women's show, 7 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network, men's at 8. So I know if you've been waiting on the ACC schedule, there you go. Now, we get 14 total games in this ACC-SEC challenge. ACC has 14 teams right now. Uh, ACC has 15. Did I say SEC 14? I might have switched that. SEC 14, ACC 15. Obviously, next year, that those numbers change. But right now, this is what we got. We're sticking with it. So that means all 14 SEC schools will play. And that means that all but one of the ACC schools will play. If you're watching, uh, you should even pause it and try to look through quickly, see if you can figure out who that team is. And I'm going to tell you in three, two, one, Louisville, after their terrible year last year, they're the team that gets left out of this thing. Unfortunate for them. But what you're looking at, you see it. We're going to get seven games on Tuesday, November 28th, and then seven more the next day, Wednesday, November 29th. This will all be on ESPN networks on five various ESPN networks, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, and then the individual conference networks, the SEC network and the ACC network. And of course, this is both of these conferences have their main media deal with SE, with ESPN, which is why you know these two are now coming together. We had um, ACC Big Ten. That's going away because Big Ten's main media deal isn't with ESPN anymore. So these two come together because the SEC Big 12 challenge was also going away. So as we look at it, let me roll you through uh, the schedule, the times, and then I'm just going to highlight five of these games, five of the 14 that stand out the most to me. On 
Tuesday, we have three games tipping off at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, first, on ACC Network, Mississippi State at Georgia Tech. On ESPN2, LSU at Syracuse. We'll get uh, Red Autry in that great backcourt of J.J. Starling and Judah Mintz. Excited to see what happens there. And then on SEC Network, we have Notre Dame at South Carolina. So those are the three that will tip off uh, all at 7 Eastern. Half an hour later, you got two more on ESPN at 7.30. You got Miami at Kentucky and on ESPNU, Mizzou at Pitt. Then following up later, once that first kind of round of games is over at 9 on ESPN2 is NC State at Ole Miss. Keep in mind, that's Chris Beard now at Ole Miss. And then at 9.30 down in Tuscaloosa, the latest of all 14 games to tip off, that'll be Clemson at Alabama. That one's on ESPN at 9.30. So that rounds out the Tuesday schedule. On Wednesday, tipping off uh, three games again in that first window, all at 7.15 this time. On ESPN, we've got Tennessee at North Carolina. We on ESPN2, Texas A&M at Virginia. And then on ESPNU, we've got Florida at Wake Forest. And then 9-15, four games tipping off all at the same time. ESPN, following Tennessee, North Carolina, will be Duke at Arkansas. On ESPN2, Virginia Tech at Auburn. ACC Network, Georgia at Florida State. And then on the SEC Network, Boston College at Vandy. So I want to point out two games from Tuesday night that I really like and three games from Wednesday night. Let's start Tuesday, 7.30, Miami at Kentucky. This veteran-laden team coming off of another great season under Coach Jim Laranega heading off to Rupp Arena. And it's really interesting because Miami, we have all this experience coming together, bringing in a little bit of new stuff and some guys stepping up. You know, you get Nigel Pack back in the backcourt. You got Norchad O'Meara doing work in the front court. I really wish um, Oscar Shibway had come back from Kentucky. would love to see those two guys go up against each other. Um, but you got Pack and O'Meara in the front and, or excuse me, in the back and front courts, respectively. Expecting Wuga Poplar, Bensley Joseph to take big steps forward for Miami. My uh, Matthew Cleveland comes over from Florida State to Miami, essentially, uh, essentially looking to replace Jordan Miller. And then they go up against Kentucky, which has had this super weird offseason. But they get Antonio Reeves back. That's huge. They are one of the benefactors of the Bob Huggins saga at West Virginia because Trey Mitchell comes down and is playing really well. And as always, you've got all these dynamic freshman you've got dj wagner you've got justin edwards you've got aaron bradshaw if he's healthy you've got rob dillingham you've got reed shepherd all of this talent coming in um on uh, ugana onyenso is he healthy same with aaron bradshaw do, do, do we get homeboy cleared right so all this stuff for kentucky it's wild should be an awesome matchup between the canes and the cats also that late game on tuesday night I really like Clemson at Alabama. I think that's going to be a fun game. Brad Brownell taking his crew down to face Nate Oates in Tuscaloosa. Don't forget, PJ Hall is still at Clemson. One of my favorite kind of under the radar front under the radar front court players in the nation should be great. Chase Hunter's back in the backcourt. They get Syracuse transfer Joe Girard in. So those two guys together in the backcourt should be really good. And I know for Alabama, they lost a ton. Brandon Miller's gone. Javon Quinterly's gone. Noah Clowney's gone. 
and others, Charles Bediaco, right? All, all these guys gone. But Mark Sears is back. Nick Pringle's back. And then they get these great talented transfers coming in. Grant Nelson, Aaron Estrada from Hofstra, Latrell Reitzel. Those three dudes combined for 54 points at their respective schools last year. Jaron Stevenson's a great freshman coming in. Should be a fantastic matchup. The late game on Tuesday night. Really curious to see what happens there. Keep in mind, Grant Nelson, if, you, if you've not heard about him transferring in from North Dakota State, he's one of these can do a little bit of everything, really unique, big, big dudes. Then on Wednesday night, three games I want to point out. Tennessee at North Carolina. Key question for Tennessee. How's Zakai Ziegler's health? Is he going to be ready to go by late November? We'll see. And obviously they lost Olivier Kamwai. They lost Julian Phillips to the draft. But they get in some dynamic transfers. Dalton Connect coming from Northern Colorado. Jordan Ganey coming from USC Upstate. And for me, this is this is about Santiago Vescovi, right? He and Zakai Ziegler. I really hope Ziegler is healthy and ready to go for this matchup because we'd love to see um, that that backcourt of uh, Ziegler and Vescovi against North Carolina's backcourt of R.J. Davis and Elliot Cadeau. Should be a lot of fun there. Uh, looking for Josiah Jordan James to take a big step for Tennessee. And don't forget, you get guys like Jemai Meshack and Jonas Adu in the mix. There for the Vols as well. For North Carolina, obviously, the same kind of thing as we said with Miami. R.J. Davis, stalwart back in the backcourt. Armando Baycott, stalwart back in the front court. You add a bunch of transfers around them. Guys like Harrison Ingram from Stanford. Jalen Withers from Louisville. Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame. Paxson Wojcik should be a really interesting matchup. Always uh, interesting to see Tennessee and North Carolina, just two teams that, that are an interesting matchup. At the same time, Texas A&M at Virginia. AM's got this great backcourt. Wade Taylor the fourth. If you saw our SEC preview, he's my pick for SEC player of the year. But that backcourt with he and Tyrese Radford is awesome. You combine that with these front court guys, Henry Coleman, Julius Marble. Really curious to see, though, in particular, what the backcourt can do against Virginia's pack line defense, uh, which doesn't have Kihei Clark anymore, by the way, who will factor in later in our show today. So Reese Beekman has to take over for Coach Tony Bennett. Really curious to see what Isaiah McNeely's or Isaac McNeely is like. Uh, should be great. And then the other big matchup, the fifth one I want to point out, Duke at Arkansas. Duke heading to Bud Walton Arena down in Fayetteville. This is kind of the team with no transfers against the team with 40 million transfers. Kind of the war of two worlds. Duke has this returning kind of veteran core. I know it's young, maybe three decades ago, but in this day and age of college basketball, it's kind of a veteran core, particularly with Jeremy Roach, but you get these sophomores back that are all so good. Tyrese Proctor and flip and all those dudes. Plus you bring in high level freshmen like Duke always have, but then you look at the Arkansas side of things. You get Devo Davis back really curious to see how quickly Trayvon Brazil is ready to go. Another guy coming off injury. Like we said about Zakai Ziegler. And then obviously must bus bringing in all these transfers to fill out the backcourt. L. Ellis from Louisville, Tremont Mark from Houston, Cleef Battle, Jeremiah Davenport, all these guys coming in. How does it come together? If history tells us anything, it should be good for Coach Muss. And you know Bud Walton Arena is going to be rocking. And if they can pull off this win against what's probably going to be a consensus preseason top five team in Duke, you know Must Bus is coming off with that shirt. Should be so exciting. So that's the ACC SEC challenge, November 28th and 29th. Going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Coming up next, though, is 
our SoCon preview. Going to be so much fun to talk about that. Can't wait for it. Make sure you stay tuned in. But before we get there, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. Listen, life's always so busy, and the last thing I need is to be stressed out by trying to buy tickets to events. But thankfully, there's Game Time, which has killer deals on last-minute tickets for every event you want to get to. Another thing that I love, I hate it when I don't know what kind of view I'm going to have from my seat. Thankfully, Game Time has pictures in the app that shows you what the view from your seat looks like before you get there. It's the place for last-minute ticket deals all the way up to the day of the event. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, theater, hockey, whatever it is, Game Time is there for you. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the same tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time credits you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. want to remind you all that coming up on Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page live is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, getting you ready for this weekend's college football slate. Man, you don't want to miss it. Make sure you tune in Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Oh, we're talking SoCon today. Let's start with some of the major storylines. Furman, coming back after making the NCAA tournament for the first time in forever last year. And they come in, at, the Almanac was published last week. We talked about it on Friday's show. Furman comes in as the number six team on the Almanac's list of the top 25 mid-major teams. Again, they hadn't been in the NCAA tournament since 1980, but not only did they make it in last year as a 13 seed, you know it. It was the first major upset of the tournament, knocking off Virginia 68-67 before they ultimately fell in the second round to national runner-up San Diego State. Big question for me, how's Furman going to replace Jalen Slauson, the, was the conference player of the year last year, and Mike Bothwell? Big, big shoes to fill from both those guys. So we're watching out for that. Also in the Almanac's top 25 mid-majors is UNC Greensboro coming in at 21. Listen, Furman, I, you know, probably the front runner in this conference again, but UNCG is right there. But hang on. Don't forget my friends down at Samford University knocking on the door saying, Almanac, you leaving us out at your own risk, at your own peril, because we are coming for Furman. We are coming for UNCG. Don't forget, last year, Samford tied in the regular season with Furman for first place, a share of that. And so um, Buckyball, they doing work down there at Samford. Now, Western Carolina, I think they're going to be a step back behind those three teams, but they bring back a bunch of talent this year and are going to be looking to make noise themselves. Um, but one of the things I, you know, VMI, the Citadel, they, they're kind of down in cellar dwellers of this 10 team conference. The Citadel in particular, looking to kind of move their way up out of the basement with all due respect to VMI and our good friend, coach Andrew Wilson, who's been on the show before. I think they'll still be this year, but Citadel, they bring in a transfer Winston Hill. They get Quentin Melora Brown. Can those guys help them find their way up out of the basement? We will wait to see on that. That's just a few of the storylines here. Last year, let's look back at what happened 
um, to just jog our memories of where the SoCon was at last year. As we said, Furman and Sanford tied atop the league in the regular season at 15 and three. UNCG was right there, a game behind at 14 four. As for the conference tournament, Furman not only was the one seed, uh, but winning, you know, the regular season again, tied with Sanford, but got the one seed with tiebreakers um, after knocking off Sanford uh, both times in the regular season. And so Furman wins the conference tournament as well, obviously, because they made it uh, to the NCAA tournament. Took an overtime victory in the semifinal against Western Carolina, but then handled um, things against U- uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, UTC in the championship game to move on. And then in the NCAA tournament, as we talked about, knocking off UVA, that crazy, crazy scene. Uh, Virginia was up by four points with 15 seconds left, two free throws. And then Kihei Clark, inexplicably, the author of one of the best passes in NCAA tournament history, makes one of the most bonehead passes in NCAA tournament history. Uh, ball winds up in uh, J.P. Pegues' hands, buries the three with just a couple seconds to go, and that's it. Reese Beekman's final shot goes begging, and Furman is moving on. Last year, SoCon, 20th at Ken Palm as a conference, looking to move up this year, seeing if they can do that. At the top end of the Ken Palm ratings, you had Furman, the only top 100 ranked team in the conference last year. They finished 92nd. Although UNCG and Samford were both within that top 150, UNCG at 117 and Samford 136. On the bottom end, though, rounding things out, those two teams we talked about, the Citadel was at 327 and VMI at 354. So just down there in that very outside the top 300 teams. Now, just about every conference we've talked about, we've had some realignment things. SoCon, thank you, Jesus. No conference realignment things that we got to talk about here. You love to hear it. Coaching carousel. We have two new head coaches coming into the conference this year. Brooks Savage comes back to East Tennessee State University, where he was previously an assistant with Steve Forbes, went with Steve Forbes to Wake Forest, and is now coming back to take the reins in Johnson City, Tennessee. So we'll see how that goes this year. And then Dwight Perry comes to, or not comes to, stays at Wofford. He's been the interim since December 30th. They took that tag off back in March. And now he is the head coach at Wofford, where he's been on staff since 2019. In terms of the longest tenured coaches in this conference, it's Bob Ritchie, that head coach of the Furman Paladins. He's been there since 2017. But honestly, that's the longest. No, no coach has been at their school for a decade or more in this conference. Ed Conroy was at the Citadel earlier um, than, than Bob Ritchie was at Furman, 06 to 2010, but then left and then came back last year. So Ed Conroy in his second stint at the Citadel. One thing we do need to keep our eyes on with this conference, talking about coaches not being around too long. If you do well, you often get to make the jump. Two coaches in particular that I want to point out there. One is Bob Ritchie himself at Furman. If they roll again and are able to grab at least a share of the conference and make it to the NCAA tournament again, back-to-back NCAA tournaments after that long drought, folks are going to come calling. He's going to be fielding a whole bunch of phone calls, Bob Ritchie. Another is Bucky McMillan at Sanford. And what a kind of rise for Bucky ball, right? Um, if, If you don't know, he came straight from the high school ranks. Mountain Brook High School, just about five miles from Sanford's campus, down there in Alabama, 
but has back-to-back 21-win seasons for Sanford and uh, won a share, as we've talked about, of the conference title last year. And so really curious to see how Sanford can follow that up and continue to roll. It should be great. There are 10 teams in the SOCON. Let me make sure you know them. If you're not uh, somebody who's all in on the SOCON all the time, let's catch up to speed. Here they are alphabetically. Chattanooga, the Citadel, ETSU, that's East Tennessee State, Furman, Mercer, about an hour south of where I grew up down in Macon, Georgia, Sanford University, UNC Greensboro, VMI, Western Carolina, and Wofford. Those Terriers, shouts to Fletcher McGee, that homie who was never afraid to pull. As I look at dividing these teams into tiers, uh, we've been doing like top, middle, and bottom. I'm actually going to do four tiers for the SOCON. Right at the top, we've already said it, Furman, UNCG, and Sanford. Those teams stand to me ahead above the others. With Western Carolina, a little bit of apologies, but I I do think they are a step back in Tier 2, along with Chattanooga. I'm going to put those teams together there. In Tier 3, ETSU and Wofford right there. Um, And then in Tier 4, the Citadel and VMI. That means I left somebody out, though, because I accidentally wrote down Wofford twice. Who do we say? We got Chattanooga. We got the Citadel, ETSU, Furman, Mercer. Mercer's who I meant to put in that third tier with ETSU and Wofford. Sorry, Bears. Didn't mean to slight you in the least there. Well, so that's kind of some setup to familiarize yourself, get some key storylines. Who are the teams? Who are the coaches? We need to know some of the players. So coming up, I want to tell you my predictions, my awards, first team, who I think is going to win the conference, all of that. We'll get to it in just a second. But first, let me tell you about DoorDash. Hey, are you missing the syrup for your pancakes? I just made pancakes for my kids a couple minutes ago, and we thankfully had syrup. But maybe you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, and you need those things now because you can't function in the morning without your creamer. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your favorite restaurant food, and now you can get grocery delivery too. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy in the process. Win, win. The office would like me to add a third win. Win, win, win. Shouts to Oscar. Uh, You'll get exactly what you ordered or DoorDash will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Easy substitutions right there in the app. Best in class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want them. So right now you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use when you use code locked on college at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked on college. Don't forget, that's code locked on college for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Folks, I gotta give you my predictions. Let's start with my first teamers. So we're just going to do five. I can't stand these conferences that are coming with like 10 dudes on the first team. Nah, we ain't here for that. Starting off with our guy from Sanford, Jermaine Marshall, on my first team, all SOCON. He was third team last year in the coaches poll, second team in the media poll, 6'6 guard, scored 13 points each of the past couple years. 
And you probably are aware if you're keeping up with the SoCon, Quez Glover, excuse me, is off to K-State. And so for me, Jermaine Marshall taking a massive step forward this year. I expect all those numbers to go up and him to be uh, moving up from third and second team to a double first this year. Next on my team, Keyshawn Langley, UNCG, was on the first team last year, both coaches and media. No reason to think any different this year. Next, coming from Furman, my guy, J.P. Pagese, the man who hit that game winner over Virginia. We talked about the, the two guys that are off um, for, for Furman, whose shoes have to be filled. I think Pagese is the man to do it and is the beneficiary as one of the top couple teams in this conference. Fourth on my first team, also con, Trey Jackson from West Carolina. He was last year on the second team, both for the coaches and the media. It's a tough decision because teammate Vontarius Woolbright also on second team last year. I like Trey Jackson. I think he's the guy to take that step forward and move into the first team discussion for Western Carolina this year. Rounding things out on the first team for me is Jalen McCreary at Mercer last year. He was on third team, all SOCON. But you look at those Ken Palm rankings. My man was part of that first team. Love the analytics that Ken Palm brings. I see Jalen McCreary taking that step and moving from third up to first team this season. A couple other names I'd love for you to keep an eye on. Marcus Foster at Furman. Mikhail Brown-Jones at UNCG. Kamari Peterson at ETSU. Some dudes that I think are going to make some noise and very well could find their way onto this first team. All right, there's my first team all SoCon. I got to pick one of those dudes to be my player of the year. Let me hear you yelling down at Sanford for your guy, Jermaine Marshall, who was my pick for the all SoCon preseason player of the year. Freshman of the year, I'm going with David Thomas at Mercer. A lot of times, you know, in the, in the mid-major conferences, you get so much seniority and guys back that a lot of time with freshmen, it's more about opportunity than it is necessarily, here's a guy that's going to be awesome two, three, four years from now. With David Thomas, I see him getting some good playing time for Mercer's six four guard, and so I see him really being the one to do that. If not him, give me Cooper Bowser at Furman. He's one of those guys that I think could really pop that. Um, it, it just depends on whether it's this year or not. That's the thing that I'm not sure on, but we'll have to watch there. Transfer of the year for SoCon. We're going to Chattanooga, Tennessee for Honor Huff. Now, here's the thing. He was technically part of the program before, but it's one of those antiquated things. Transferred within conference, coming over from VMI, had to sit out a year. And so in a nod to that, uh, I'm giving, I'm looking at honor Huff. I really think he's going to make a measurable impact for Chattanooga this year. If it's not him, I'm actually looking for his teammate, Trey Bonham to do it, but he's a two-time transfer started at VMI as well, went to Florida, but I really think if he's able to get cleared by the NCAA could be great things in the works coach of the year. We're going back to Birmingham, Alabama and to Samford university, Bucky ball shouts to my man. Bucky, um, because I really, really see Sanford saying, hey, listen, Furman, your time was last year. We're taking the mantle this year. But I do have to say, if Furman's able to double up and repeat what they did last year, I don't see how you keep Bob Ritchie out of being the coach of the year. So we'll see there. In terms of my conference champ, I know that UNCG is right there in that first tier as well. I've got Furman repeating as conference regular season champions, 
But Samford, Samford doing it in the conference tournament behind Jermaine Marshall and this whole cast of characters, a bunch of uh, great transfers coming in. I see Bucky Ball doing work. That defense is able to clamp down in the tournament and do it. And that means your Samford Bulldogs are going dancing in the 2024 NCAA tournament. How cool would that be to see? Yeah. SoCon. Great stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Love to hear your thoughts on it. But that's it for today's episode of Locked On College Basketball. want to remind you, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On CBB. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Please make sure, if you would, to subscribe to the show on audio and video formats. Smash the like button so we know you're here. We'd love to hear your comments and thoughts, both on the ACC-SEC Challenge and the SOCON preview. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? I know you got thoughts and we want to hear them. Hey, as always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.